familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Are you experiencing nipple pain? What is causing it? Were you told it was caused by thrush? You've treated it according to your doctor's recommendation, but it still hurts after a week. What else could it be? I'm Rochelle McLean, an IBCLC and owner of Babies in Bloom in Vista, California. Today we're talking about the challenges of thrush or other possible infections. This is the Boob Group. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breasts. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Leilani Wild. I'm also an IBCLC and owner of Leilani's Lactation and Doula Services. Did you know we've released more than 120 episodes to help you on your breastfeeding journey? Visit the episode guide on our website at newmommymedia.com to see a complete list. You can click on the episodes and listen through the website or download our free apps available in iTunes, Google Play, and Windows. And you can listen on the go. If you enjoy listening to our show, then please take the time and tell other breastfeeding mamas about it so we can help encourage them all. Now, Sunny is going to tell us more about our virtual panelist program. Hi, everybody. So if you're not here in San Diego where we record our shows, you can still participate in it. We love to post on Facebook and Twitter. And as well, you know, we started to post to Instagram all the photos. I always take some behind-the-scene photos as we're recording. And so that's a great way to participate in the show Well, um, as well. You can comment. You can ask us questions. You can follow along. We like to post some really great articles to Facebook and Twitter as well. So that's one way. But if you want to become part of the show... There are a couple different segments that we do. There's one called Boob Oops, where you can submit your funny breastfeeding and pumping stories. And we also have one called Mama Hacks, which is where you tell us about uh, things that you have learned in your breastfeeding and pumping experience that has made life a little easier. So a little hack that you've come up with that you think other breastfeeding and pumping mamas could benefit from. And if you are interested in participating in those segments, head on over to our website at newmommymedia.com. Go to the contact link on our website and you can submit your stories there. We also have a voicemail that you can call and it will just go straight to voicemail so you don't actually have to talk to anyone. That number is 619-866-4775. Today in studio we're going to introduce our panelists. Um, Today we have Kristen. Hi I'm Kristen. I'm a uh, birth and postpartum doula. I'm the mother of three ages five and a half, three and a half, and two. Great and we have Christine. 
Hi, I'm Christine. I am a stay-at-home mom of three kids, an eight-year-old boy, a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl, and a two-month-old little boy. Nice. Great. And then, of course, we have our expert. I'm Rochelle. <laughs> I'm a board-certified lactation consultant, and I have two kids, 21 and 19. Yay. Yay. <laughs> okay, good. No longer breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love that. That's, That's awesome. Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Okay, so before we kick off today's show, which is all about thrush as well as other infections, I want to tell you about an app that I discovered. Maybe you have used it too. It is called Latch Me, and it's available on iOS, so that means iPad and iPhone. Uh, It was developed by doctors and lactation consultants, which makes me think that it might be better than some other apps out there. It's basically a breastfeeding tracker app, and it it tracks a bunch of different things. Uh, You can ask mothers and professionals questions. They have a section on here called Latch Chat, um, and that's basically like a forum, you know, through the app that you can ask a bunch of different questions to. They actually had stuff on Thrush, which I thought was interesting since we're talking about Thrush today. So moms moms were going back and forth on that. Uh, they do have some videos um, that talk about Latch and kind of show you how to do things well, um, and perhaps some of the, the more interesting, um, what I found at least more interesting about the app was it, it does use GPS technology to find comfortable places to breastfeed or pump when you're out and about and it basically just uses the tracker on your phone to say where you're at and then you can also find lactation consultants in your area as well as pediatricians that support breastfeeding and yeah I thought this was kind of a a nice little on-the-go app and um, we actually talked to a pediatrician today that recommends this to some of his uh, patients so just knowing a little bit about it what do you guys think do you guys think it's something that you would recommend um you know, that it might help other breastfeeding mamas? What do you think, Christine? Yeah, I think it would be really great to have access to information and to knowing where your lactation consultants are if you don't know where one is because you can't always go to the hospital or go somewhere like that. It'd be nice to have someone on the outside. Okay, Kristen? Yeah, that's probably the number one referral I make as a doula and to my friends is to see a lactation consultant. So if they're not always local where they can go see Rochelle or, you know, one of the other lovely lactation consultants or Leilani, then uh, that would be great to refer them to an app where they could just plug it in and find someone within a reasonable driving distance. Yeah, I know. And when I was looking at the different locations, I was looking at places right around um, where we're recording. And Rochelle Babies in Bloom popped up as a great place that you can breastfeed, that you can visit breastfeeding friendly businesses. There's a section for that. And um, 
So you were listed on there. Hey. What do you think? I love it. I also love that they do the forums. The same reason that I like a lot of lactation, say Facebook forums and things like that. Because a lot of times when moms have questions, it's two in the morning. Yeah. They want to reach out and there's nobody that they can talk to. So being able to have tools where you can reach other moms and just get advice is helpful. And a lot of parents I know have used the app before and like it. Oh, good. Leilani, any thoughts? Oh, I'm just excited that we have more access to, you know, this kind of knowledge and, and um, availability because you're right in the middle of the night when if my client isn't calling me <laughs> <laughs> then you get to sleep more <laughs> that's right that's right they have someone else that they can hopefully uh, depend on so good information out there so yeah that's good and I don't know if I mentioned this, but it is free, and I love free apps, so you can download it. Um, we'll put a link on our website, and we'll tell you a little bit more about it on the website and some direct links to be able to download it, so you can check it out if you want to. Again, it's called Latch Me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on The Boob Group, we're continuing our series on breastfeeding challenges by discussing nipple pain caused by thrush or possibly another type of infection. Rochelle McLean, an IBCLC in Vista, California, is an expert on this topic, and she's here with us today in our studio. Welcome to The Boob Group, Rochelle. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Rochelle, what kind of symptoms are most common in thrush? Usually with thrush, a mom has had weeks or months of pain-free nursing and it's felt really comfortable, then suddenly it becomes painful. Um, They might have pink or red itchy nipples. You might have some scaly or peeling skin, um, stinging, burning in the breasts, those sorts of things. But for many women, it's something that suddenly appears after things have been really comfortable before that. And how is it normally treated? Um, There's lots of different antifungals that people can use. Um, Because thrush is a fungus, you use an antifungal. A lot of people think that it's an antibiotic that they need, but it's actually an antifungal. Um, So people might use things like prescription medications, or there are over-the-counter alternatives as well that people can use. Okay, okay. Um, Christine, did you experience thrush? Yes, I actually just got done uh, dealing with thrush about two weeks ago. And what treatments worked for you? I had to use uh, prescription Nystatin um, for myself and for the baby. I also did uh, grapefruit seed extract, and I um, did probiotics, lots and lots of probiotics that ended up finally getting rid of it. Mm, Good. That's great. And what about you, Kristen? Yes, uh, I experienced the shards of glass coming out my nipples. That was really fun. Um, And I actually experienced it pretty early on into our breastfeeding relationship, probably around four weeks postpartum with my third is when I started having extreme pain um, and, you know, itchy nipples, kind of red and shiny. And then also my son had the telltale white uh, patches in his mouth. So uh, I went to the doctor, we got Nystatin and that actually did not work for us. Um, so what I actually ended up um, finally finding and thought really did the trick was um, a combination of probiotics and gentian violet. 
Okay, good. And for those people that are listening in the audience, can you explain what that is? Gentian violet is um, an antiseptic, but also has um, antifungal properties like Rochelle was saying. Um, you can buy it over the counter. I found ours at Walgreen, and it's this lovely bright purple stuff um, that stains everything it comes in contact with. So my baby was a purple people eater <laughs> for um, a few days after each um, dose. And then, of course, I had purple nipples, which my husband thought was hilarious. Um, I, on the other hand, did not. Um, but uh, anyone who uses it, uh, just don't lay on any pretty sheets that you care about or put on any of those really cute onesies that you want to keep because everything it touches that your milk touches will turn purple. Ah, lovely. lovely. Rochelle, how long should they try the recommended treatment before looking for another cause? Um, for most people, you will start to see some sort of improvement within about four to seven days. I think it's important to point out, though, like the girls mentioned, Nystatin used to be the drug of choice that everybody would go to. And we're seeing a lot of yeast that just doesn't respond to Nystatin, whether it be overuse or what have you. So a lot of times if people start for a few days and they're not noticing anything with the Nystatin, we generally, if it's not their first line, um, do recommend like gentian violet and things like that at that point, because it might just be that the yeast isn't responding to that. Mm-hmm. Um, gentian violet's a very short course treatment, so again, if you're using that and you're not seeing any improvement, usually by a week, it, it's not going to be better. It takes a couple weeks to get better, but most women will feel like, okay, it's a little bit less painful and are feeling like their symptoms are becoming better. If it's been a week and it's feeling just the same or worse, then that might be a good indication that things are not, it's not thrush. Uh, what actually causes yeast? Well, we all have yeast on our body at all times. Um, your body has good bacteria that kind of keep your yeast in balance and yeast thrive in warm moist sugary environments so that's why women end up with vaginal yeast infections the breastfeeding nipples are a great little party environment for yeast and the inside of baby's mouths it's really important that when you're treating yeast you're treating both you and the baby simultaneously even if only one of you has symptoms and that's why probiotics are oftentimes recommended because that's one of the ways you can help keep your thrush in a good balance is by increasing your good bacteria For a lot of women, if they've had antibiotic use or even just stress in their life where their good bacteria can be compromised, then the yeast just gets a little bit out of control. And even with the history of yeast uh, infections, maybe during their pregnancy as well. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. If a woman has a history of yeast infections, I mean, first line of defense is usually probiotics to make sure you're taking them. And also babies can have probiotics. A lot of moms think that if they take probiotics, the baby gets the probiotics through the breast, but your breasts are pretty wonderful. They screen good bacteria and bad, so they can't determine. And so babies oftentimes need their own probiotics given directly to them. Good. And do you have a recommendation on how it's given to them? Most probiotics are in powder form. Some moms will either make a little paste with breast milk or they'll dip their finger in the powder, just let the baby suck the the finger or put it on their nipple and then latch the baby on. Wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. Christine, who diagnosed your symptoms? Um, I actually started noticing and did a little research wondering why I was having those symptoms. And so once I kind of guessed it was thrush, I went to Leilani and she was the one who um, confirmed that yes, he did uh, have thrush. And so we went and uh, started treating it. Okay, good. And Kristen? Um, I actually went to our pediatrician because, um, you know, I suspect that was what was going on. And she actually checked my baby's mouth and saw the one spot that I saw. And she said, no, that's not it. Um, and then so I went home and I was like, "Yeah, she's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually went um, and got a second opinion. And sure enough, I was right. And um, 
within the next 12 to 24 hours, his mouth was covered in white spots. So I had actually caught it before and then was symptomatic before he was. Um, so we did the Nystatin for about four weeks. Didn't work. Um, did gentrifile it, and within three days it was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Rochelle, would you advise uh, a mom to seek lactation consulting, or do you think their primary doctors more educated in this particular area? Unfortunately, I think for most physicians, the lactation consultant is going to be the better source. It's just something we see more often, and that's what I always tell people whenever they're having any kind of breastfeeding concerns, is that a lot of times the people who deal solely with breastfeeding just have a lot more experience with it, Mm -hmm. and they oftentimes will find it. Kristen's story is not uncommon. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, doctors have a very little bit of knowledge, I, I find, over and over again with, you know, working with the moms. Well, and I, I always tell patients, you know, physicians have to be on top of so many things, healthcare things, you know, illness things, that a lot of times they know that breastfeeding can be part of a lactation consultant's responsibility as part of a team of care providers. Mm-hmm. So I think that in some regards, they don't have to focus on it as much because they know there's people out there to do that with yep. them. That specialty out there. Good. Uh, when we come back, we'll discuss what other kinds of infections or causes it could be that the mom is experiencing when she has nipple pain and or breast pain. Welcome back to the show. We are here with Rochelle McLean and IBCLC. Rochelle, could a bacterial infection be the cause of her nipple and or breast pain? It could be. Um, a lot of times that's the second most common reason for nipple and breast pain is a bacterial infection if it's not thrush. And and so when it doesn't, if, when the thrush is being, when, when they think it's thrush and it's being treated for that, it's not going away, then the next thing to suggest perhaps is a bacterial. Is a bacterial infection if they're showing signs of that. And that would be treated with usually oral antibiotics for most women. Oral, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What about the APNO? Um, it depends on where the infection is. Um, if it's a, like a new infection and more towards the nipple, a lot of people find all-purpose nipple ointment to be very, very helpful. Sometimes if it's moved into the breast tissue already and they're having more deep breast pain, oral antibiotics are needed to remove the bacterial infection from inside. Okay, good. Good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Christine, um, did you discover that you had, um, did you have a staph infection at all during what you t- the t- during any time when you thought you had thrush or was it only thrush? It was only thrush for me and I realized it because I personally had a like systematic yeast infection and ended up taking the uh, the Diflucan prescription in order to clear it from me so I didn't continue passing it to the baby. Okay, good. And what about you, Kristen? Did you have any issues? Um, you know, I wasn't diagnosed with a staph infection, so I'm not sure. But shortly after my thrush symptoms went away, I did develop mastitis. So I don't know. I don't know what was going on. But I, I know for sure I at least had thrush at some point. Mm-hmm. And I find, and I don't know if you find that to be common too, so many times thrush causes like little hairline cracks and fissures on the nipple, which then make a bacterial point of entry. So that's the other reason why we like a lot of people, the apno cream, the all-purpose nipple ointment, because it has antifungals and antibacterials and can kind of kill both things in one fell swoop. Yeah, and with the APNO, they usually notice within 24 hours mm-hmm. a big change if that is going to, yeah, if that's going to be effective or not. When we had Thrush, he was so young. He was only a few weeks old. So what ended up happening is because his body was trying to fight the yeast, uh, he also got a secondary infection. He got herpangina, which is a different form of hand-foot-mouth, and ended up with raw in his mouth in a very 
bad infection on top of the thrush because his body was not able to fight both of it at the same time. Right, and I recall that it wasn't diagnosed at first. Is that what it was? Or I remember you had gone to see your doctor, right, about that? Yes, and they didn't know what it was at first. They just said, oh, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just the thrush. And I didn't believe that the thrush would cause his whole mouth to be raw and actually bleed if I touched the roof of his mouth wrong. And so I went back and saw um, my regular doctor, and he's the one who diagnosed the herp angina, the secondary infection to the thrush. And how did they treat that? Um, that is just, it's a virus, so it's just treated by waiting it out and nursing as much as possible. So um, we treated the thrush, continued that. Once that was cleared, um, he fought off the infection on his own. Good. You know, one thing I like about you, Christine, is that you have good instincts. And uh, you you never stop at when you hear the first doctor telling you that you're wrong <laughs> or that you're not seeing what you're seeing. I love that about you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so let's see, Kristen, who diagnosed and resolved your complaints of the of your nipple pain that you had? I would say it was kind of self-diagnosed because my pediatrician didn't believe that I had thrush. Um, so I actually went on kellymom.com and just really researched a lot of stuff and, um, you know, decided to ditch the nystatin and try the gentian violet and sure enough that's what did it so good sometimes our self-help sometimes is better than (laughs) some of our other resources but instincts and I think that we've done an episode on that and it's just following our instincts and recognizing that if it doesn't sound right it might not be right and so let's keep searching till we get the right answers I initially tried the gentian violet. That was my first line of uh, defense against the thrush, and it actually didn't work for us. I used it for a week, and it just kept getting worse. And so that's when I added the grapefruit seed extract and went on the nystatin and then took the diflucan, and finally it went away. It took us about two and a half weeks to clear it completely. And, and then did you stay on it longer at least a week past the symptoms to help make sure? Yes, I continued doing it even when it cleared um, because I was afraid of it coming back. It was a very awful experience, especially since we were having nursing issues anyways on top of all of that. Did you alternate your diet at all, like uh, cutting your sugars out or anything like that? I did cut sugars out um, and, you know, regulars. I tried to eat uh, cleaner foods, more fresh vegetables, things like that. Um, I did cut coffee out for a few days. That was hard. Um, But it ended up clearing it up. So it was sort of a combination of a bunch of things that finally got rid of it. It wasn't an easy road to travel. But you didn't want to give up. No, no. Giving up was not an option for me. It was, this is going to clear no matter what I have to do because I'm going to nurse my baby. Rochelle, I actually spoke to um, somebody just recently who her doctor had told her to stop breastfeeding because she had thrush and told her to pump and dump. What is your uh, feelings about that? Oh, for so many years, we've told moms if they have yeast infections not to save the milk, to discard it. And now the general the general guideline is you can keep it. Um, obviously, if baby's being treated, giving a baby milk that has a yeast overgrowth happening at the same time isn't harmful if the baby's being treated currently. And usually I just have my moms, if they're working or things like that, just label those 
bottles of milk that are saved during pump sessions as thrush milk and just try to give it sparingly over a course of a day. If you're leaving four bottles for baby, one maybe with the, the th extra extra yeast <laughs> and three um, regular to just kind of get a little bit of it and then they're usually fine. And what about not breastfeeding? Have you ever heard of that? I have never had anybody told that. I've just had people told that they can't give the baby the milk. Um, they, they've never questioned it being at the breast, but they've questioned the actual milk. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, I was like, <clears throat> I was a little surprised to hear that. And of course I advised mama that she should start breastfeeding again. And that, that was, um, something that was not current up to date information. So it's good to let everyone know out there that when the doctors are telling you to stop breastfeeding, second, second question, you know, get another advice get some advice from your lactation consultant because they may not be current and up to date so and dr google doesn't always know everything and the bacterial infection that's where i hear it more is women who have bacterial infections being told not to and having to reinforce to them that it's okay right and then maybe explain a little bit to um, our audience about how infection is introduced to the babies and how as they go to the breast and the bacteria transfers through how does that work and protect them uh, well, I mean, all of mom's immunities, the babies are getting through the breast milk too. So with any illness, if mom is sick or battling something, her body is already building immunities to it. So by breastfeeding, baby's getting all of those antibodies and immunities to help fight whatever mom has. So most of the time when mom is sick or has something, babies don't ever get sick. Mm -hmm. because they got the, got the immune boost. Right. You know, a lot of times I'll explain to the parents um, that, if a, if a mom has been exposed to something or the baby's been exposed to something, before they even know that the baby has already, you know, already getting the bacteria and when they latch on to the breast, they're transferring that bacteria into the breast milk through the nipple and then it makes the antibodies and it gives it back to the baby. So these babies are well protected and it's when you stop breastfeeding exactly. that when that's when they're not protected. So, exactly. you know, everyone should know that. Exactly. And so helping other ones, everybody understand that a little bit better. What other uh, types of infections could there be or what other symptoms or um, can you tell us a little bit more, Rochelle? Sure. If mom is having nipple pain that's not resolved and they've ruled out yeast, they've ruled out um, bacterial infection, obviously sucking issues or latch issues like tongue tie and things can cause nipple pain. Um, vasospasms, um, where blood flow is restricted to the nipple, Renaud's phenomenon, which is um, a whole nother show probably that you've done, but there are other things that can produce the same sorts of quality of nipple breast pain. So it's not always an infection. So it's important to kind of rule those things out as well. Can you quickly explain what what that like looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so a mom who's having a vasospasm, basically it's cutting off the blood supply to her nipple. It can either be from compression, so like a poor latch, or with Renaud's, it's something that systemically happens. So it causes the blood vessels to constrict so there's no blood flow to the nipple. Oftentimes the nipples will be blanched white, and then all of a sudden the blood goes right back into the nipple and it turns it like a purple. Um, kind of the analogy I use with parents is if you sit on your foot and your foot goes to sleep and then all of a sudden you get the pins and needles. So for women who are breastfeeding, when the baby's on the breast and the warm mouth is there, there might be that vasospasm where there's no blood flow. Then suddenly, or excuse me, the warmth helps it. So if it gets cold when the baby comes off, um, everything kind of constricts and it's painful. And then warmth can help bring the blood back into the nipple, but still there's burning and stinging. So if a mom complains of stinging, burning nipples, you can't always assume it's just yeast. It very well could be vasospasm. Now, is that something that could come on suddenly after they've had a good breastfeeding experience? 
Um, it's not as common, but it can sometimes. Usually it's more, like I said, related to latch and things like that. So typically you see that kind of behavior more at the beginning of breastfeeding as you're ruling out latch issues and things like that. Right. Good. We did do a whole episode on that. So if you guys want to go to newmommymedia.com and <laughs> Google vasospasms and Raynaud's, it's there. Good. Yay. Thank you. Is there anything else you need to add? No, I just wanted to make sure that moms knew that there were other things. So Excellent. they know it's not just yeast or bacteria. There could be something else lurking. Good, good. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Rochelle and Kristen and Christine, uh, for sharing your knowledge and experience with us about breastfeeding and the cause and treatments of nipple pain. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Rochelle will give us some tips on how to avoid damaging the nipples from pumping, which could cause nipple and breast pain. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. All right, it's time for a fun segment we have on the Boob Group. And I love this segment. It's probably my favorite. It's called Boob Oops. And it's where we share our funny breastfeeding and pumping stories. And you guys have some doozies out there. Man, I thought I had some crazy stories about people, you know, accidentally seeing my boobs. Yours, your, your stories totally take the cake. Um, and I love hearing them. This one comes from um, Andrea, and she posted on our Facebook page. And she said, after a particularly bust afternoon of errands, I nursed my little one in the car before driving home. I stopped at a local drive through to avoid making dinner. Oh my gosh, I totally have done this before. Uh, the window guy acted super weird, eyes great big, not speaking coherently. I thought he was on drugs or something. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. When I got home, I realized he was not on drugs, but he probably thought I was. I had forgotten to pull my shirt back up after nursing my baby. Oh, man, you just gave him a free show, right? You probably made his day, Andrea. (laughs) Thanks for sharing the story. Super funny. If you guys have a fun boob oop story about you breastfeeding you pumping and things didn't quite turn out the way you thought they were going to we would love to share that with our audience you could send us an email through our website at newmommymedia.com but we'd love to hear you tell your own stories and the best way to do that is by leaving us a voicemail and it'll go straight to voicemail you won't have to talk to anyone I promise but the number to call is 619-866-4775 leave us a quick message tell us your story and we'll use it on one of our shows That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers, Twin Talks for Parents with Multiples, and our new show, Newbies, for Postpartum Moms During Baby's First Year. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. 
If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.